Good morning. I am going to uh, share some things with you this morning, and I, I told Cliff a few minutes ago, and I'll kind of just be honest with you, as I was looking at the Scripture and knowing, uh, preparing for this and trying to get ready, my brain has been so full of material and stuff and ideas and everything, and at some point when you know you've got to get up and speak on Sunday morning, you just kind of have to narrow it down to a few things, whether you want to or not, right? So there's a lot in here. And so uh, I, I hope to, to try and be uh, clear to you today and focus on some things. I think uh, as, as I read through this and prepare for this, it's things that I struggle with. You know, um, it's things I think that we all struggle with. And to be able to, to understand what God says and how that applies to our lives. So if you would, take your Bibles, look in the book of Matthew um, we have, we'll have the scripture on the screen, but Matthew is in the New Testament, which is like the second part of the Bible. It's that first book of the New Testament. We call it the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the first gospel, Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to read verses 19 through 21. 6, 19 through 21. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth." And rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's the phrase that I want you to just stick in your brain today. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Say it out loud with me. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. All right? Just think that. Keep that in your mind as we talk about this this morning. As Jesus kind of compares and contrasts this idea of earthly treasures and heavenly treasures and talks about storing things up. Don't store up this, but do store up that. So just to kind of clarify things, and, and I, I think we all know you know, one of the things that I really love about the Bible is that there are some things that as you read, it's like confusing and you really don't understand a whole lot. You might have to get another book or something to help you or a commentary or you have to look up words to understand things because it just doesn't make sense. I love this scripture because it's very clear. It's not very complicated. You can, have, you can be here this morning and never have picked up a Bible before and can read that, and I guarantee you, you can make a little bit of sense of what that means and what Jesus is talking about. But to talk about earthly treasures, so I want you to talk out loud to me, okay? You tell me, what, what, what does Jesus mean when he says, um, don't store up for yourselves earthly treasures? What are earthly treasures? Say some out loud. Money. Material possessions. That pretty much covered, <laughs> and one facilitates the other, right? Money, material possession. Did somebody say something else? Cars. Oh, getting done preaching now. Done going to meddling. You're getting specific. Don't nobody say boats or tree stands or hunting property or any of that kind of stuff. That's not in that category. Okay, specifically, somebody over here say something. Okay, in a general category, that kind of covers it, doesn't it? Now, we could get specific, and you could name material possessions and, and, and money specifically. With material possessions, you could name 
stuff that would fall in that category, cars, and you could go on down the list, and we could all fill in the blank there. I don't think anybody here would have, a tr- have trouble doing that. Is that right? You're probably, we're probably all, all good with that. So Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves earthly treasures because moths and rust and, are going to destroy them, and then the more stuff that you have of an earthly nature, the more people look in and see what you have, and thieves just kind of want to break in and take what you have because they also want to have earthly treasures, right? So he says that. Okay, he says, but instead do what? Store up for yourself what? Heavenly treasures, okay? What are heavenly treasures? What? Peace, love, good works. I, you have to talk out loud, I can't hear you. Others, doing for others. Okay, righteousness, crown of life. Okay, man, you see, y'all are good. Y'all are just naming all this kind of stuff. All right, so, my point, I think, is well made. In this scripture, and it's true for me, this scripture is not about us not knowing what it means. You have proved that to me. I've proved that to myself. I know what Jesus means when he talks about earthly treasures. I know what he means when he talks about heavenly treasures. And then he contrasts those two. And he says, don't store up one because they're just going to go away. They're not of any value. They're eventually, they're, they're just no good. Instead, store up for the other ones because none of that stuff's going to happen to the heavenly treasures. So it's a very clear uh, concept of what Jesus is, is talking to us about here. It's not a matter of not understanding. So it... it it seems like a no-brainer to me. Does it you? But why do I struggle with it then if it's so clear? <laughs> why is that so hard to grab a hold of? And maybe you don't struggle with it, but I would assume you do. Let me give you another example. Here's something I think we, can, we could identify with. What if, if I came to you and I said, Hey, listen, I've got this uh, stock tip, which should be your first clue that something's wrong. And you should run, right? But if I came to you and I said, hey, I've got this great stock tip. There's the stock. You should invest in it. And you say, oh, right, man, I'm going to do that. I'd love to do that. And I start talking to you about it. And you're getting all excited about it. And I say, listen, now, now this, this stock, you need, you need to invest in it. And you're gonna ha- you need to spend some time. You're going to need to spend some time on a daily uh, part of your day. You need to monitor this stock. And you need to pull it up every morning at least. And you need to watch it. And you need to see how it's doing. And you need to spend time thinking about it. And you need to spend time thinking about how this stock is going to perform for you. And what you're going to do if it performs for you well. You need to invest some time in this. And not only do you need to do that. But you need to read some other stuff about stocks to understand it even a little bit better. And you need to invest... You need to invest your money, you need to invest your time, and you need to invest your resources in maintaining and keeping up with the stock. And, and man, and, and you are just, you, you, you've got your hand in your wallet, and you are ready, just ready to give to it, right? And then I leave out one thing. I said, oh, but there's this one thing that I want you to, I forgot to, you know, I forgot to say. This stock is guaranteed to fail, you're not going to get anything out of it. Matter of fact, you're probably going to, you, will, you will lose everything that you give me. How many of you would invest in the stock? <laughs> you say, I've already done that. <laughs> but it wasn't explained to you in the way that I just explained it to you, okay? They left, off that, they left out the last part, right? 
But that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? If I gave you a scenario like that, you say, you're an idiot. There's no way I'm going to give you money. That sounds all great, but you just said it's guaranteed. I'm going to lose everything that I possibly can put in it. I'm going to lose it, and maybe even more. You're not going to do that. It's a no-brainer. That makes sense, doesn't it? What about if I told you this? What if I said, hey, um, some of you out there are looking to be into a relationship. I've got these two options for you. There's this one person who uh, is pretty much a deadbeat. Uh, not real attractive, doesn't get excited about a whole lot. Uh, matter of fact, their goal in life is to still be living with their parents in the basement when they're 45, sitting on the couch playing video games, eating Cheetos. Okay? They tell you that up front. You interview with them, and they tell you all of that, and they say, uh, and actually, I just want you to know up front, I intend for this relationship to go nowhere. I mean, I just want to be honest, you know, that is, I don't have a lot of qualities, but honesty is one of them, and I just want this relationship to go absolutely nowhere. Then there's this other person who comes, and this person is a person who, who seems to have everything together, they've got their relationship with God together, everything looks good, and if you compare the two, one is a dead-end street, the other one has great potential to be an amazing relationship. Which one are you going to choose? It's a no-brainer, isn't it? When it comes to things like that, I mean, if you chose the one who's going to be sitting around eating Cheetos, I would, I would be worried about you, right? And we would think bad of you <laughs> if you made that kind of a choice consciously, knowing all things up front. That makes sense when it comes to stocks and when it comes to those kinds of investments and it makes sense when it comes to relationships, and it would make sense, and I could give you illustration after illustration, and it makes sense that we would say, there's no way we're choosing that thing that's a dead-end road. I'm not losing money. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not giving up my resources. I'm not investing my life in something that I know is guaranteed to fail. But Jesus says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. Because the moss and the rust are going to destroy them and the thieves are going to come and steal them. And you're going to end up with nothing. But instead, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Because guess what? There, moths and rust have no effect on that. Thieves are not going to come and steal that. And those things are of eternal nature. It is a no-brainer. But unless you're different than me, and in some ways you're probably glad that you are. You struggle with that. And I look at my life, and I'm going to challenge you to do this here in a little bit when I finish things up. And I look at my life and I say, if I had to look and see where my treasures are, where would I go, where would I, where would I score on the end of earthly treasures versus heavenly treasures? of my money and my time and everything else, how much of that do I have invested in earthly treasures versus how much am I investing in things of a heavenly nature? So that's kind of what I want you to think about this morning. And I want to share some other scriptures uh, with you to talk about that. First Timothy, I don't think I have this one on the screen, but First Timothy 6, 18 and 19, just listen to this one. When we talk about earthly, tre uh, heavenly treasures, 1 Timothy uh, 6, 18 and 19. I'll read verse 17 too. It says, 
Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And this way they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And as I think about this and, and everything that goes on in our culture, and I'm, you know, not, you know, blah, blah, culture's all bad and all that. I, I'm, really, I'm really not that way, but when I just look at the emphasis that we fall into, the things that are presented to us and the things that we buy into, our culture says everything opposite of what I just read. And Jesus and the Scriptures are talking about the life that truly is life. And we talk about living the American dream, which basically is comprised of having a bunch of stuff. We can own our own home and own all the things we want and go all the places we want to go and do all the things we want to do. We're living it up. We're living the American dream. But I'm convinced that the American dream and Jesus' idea of the ideal dream life are really not the same. And Jesus said the life that is truly life. And the scriptures there say the life that is truly life. So thinking about that. And, and why did Jesus make such a big deal about this? Earthly treasures and heavenly treasures and storing them up. Well, I think basically it's because he wants us to be bored and not enjoy life. Enjoy life. Now, that's kind of funny, but I think we really think that sometimes. We view the earthly treasures as being fun and exciting and joyful and all this kind of stuff. And then we talk about doing things of a spiritual nature, and it's like, oh, I've got to read my Bible. Ugh, I missed my quiet time. It's like it's this big burden that we've got to accomplish, but, woo, I'm going to the Bahamas next week. Woo, this is fun. Oh, man, i got to go to that FLE conference over at the church. What a bummer. You know, and we kind of, we kind of do those things backwards, don't we? We almost look at those things backwards. Are the things of the world are the things that are really fun. And the things of Jesus, we know they're not fun, but we have to pretend like they're fun because we're believers and we want other people to think that they really are. Right? I, I struggle, the, the, the place that I struggle with this the, the biggest is, is Christmas. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus and that is the real meaning of Christmas. But let's spend thousands of dollars on gifts because that's what people want. You see, what well, we say one thing, but we do the opposite a lot of times. And what we do and where we invest and the things that we store up, those are our treasures. The other things are just ideas. And Jesus says, your treasures are where your heart is. You can say, this is important all day long, all day long. But your treasures show where your heart is. Your words may show where you think it might ought to be or where you've been led to believe it should be. But your treasures will show where it is. And that's the difference. And that hurts. <laughs> 
That hurts sometimes. It hurts most of the time, to be honest with you, for me, when I look around and I see the different things that, that I participate in. So, but why, so why does Jesus make a big deal? He's not worried about you making a financial investment and losing money. He's not talking about storing up things so you don't lose money or so you don't have fun or do have... He's not talking about that specifically. Jesus made, I'm convinced, such a big deal about this idea of earthly treasures and heavenly treasures in this scripture is because he is concerned about our heart. That is consistent with the scripture. Jesus is concerned about our hearts. God loves us. God is concerned about our hearts. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty of sin for us, to, to die for us a, a gruesome, horrible Death that he did not deserve, taking on the sin of all of us when he had never committed any sin himself. He did that because he was concerned about our hearts. He wanted our hearts to be in the proper place and to have eternal life and live forever with God. He has always been that way, and I think this scripture is no different. So he says, hey, I don't want you storing up stuff over here with earthly treasures because you're going to end up investing money and time and resources and your attention and all those things are going to be stored up over here and over here and over here and then they're just going to be gone. They have no value. You've got nothing to show for it. At the end of it all or before the end of it all, it just goes away somehow. Have you ever noticed that if, especially if you don't do a budget with your money, if there's just like, extra is kind of an extravagant word. Uh, there's just something a little bit left over <laughs> in your budget. If you don't say where it's going to go, what happens to it? Does it just end up just exploding and growing into unbelievable amounts of wealth? It disappears, doesn't it? And you've got to track it down because you don't know where it went. You've got to find it. Well, God, I thought we had $20 left. What happened to that $20? Oh, yeah. That, so, so, you know, just that idea of, of in, in our hearts and what he wants for us is he wants us to have a life that is not focused on storing those things up because he knows there's no value to them. But yet in our culture, we preach and we believe that the value really is in those things. And I have to believe that or else we wouldn't pursue them the way that we do. I have a famous statement uh, that I have summed up the whole human race by. If you're ever wondering, you know, I, I just, I like to just cut to the chase with things and just, you know. So here's my statement. After years of observing other people and monitoring my own actions, people will do exactly what they want to do. Period. You can manipulate them for a while, but they're going to gonna, gonna go back. People will only do exactly what they want to. You can try, we can try to give tools. You can try to manipulate and try to do things, and those things can be helpful to help them change their mind about what they want to do. But until they change their mind about what they want to do, they're going to do only exactly what they want to do. And that's just the way that we are. And we will do, whether we say it out loud or not, or conscious about it, we will do the things that we think are important and that mean something to us. We will be involved in the things that we think are valuable and that we think bring value to us and are meaningful to us. We will do that. 
Now, whether you've sat down and said, oh, I'm participating in this because I think it's meaningful and valuable to me, you may not have ever done that consciously. But the reality is, we do things because we choose to and because we want to. We have found something in those things that gives, uh, I think it's Dr. Phil says, you know, what's the payoff for that? We get some kind of payoff for the actions that we participate in and the things that we do. We make that choice because we have determined, for whatever reasons, that those things are valuable. And Jesus is concerned about our hearts. He wants us to not be invested so much in the things of the earth that are useless and that are going to go away and not have any value whatsoever. But instead, he says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven because those are the things that matter. Those are the things that, that give a true sense of joy and a true sense of peace. And those are the things that really do make a difference in life, in our lives, and in, in the lives of other people. So he's concerned with our heart. Hence the verse in, in verse 21 um, that I told you to remember. It says, say it again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, I know this. Again, I know this. Because of me being human. I can convince myself by saying that I believe certain things are important. And if you ask me, I can say, yes, that's important, and yes, this is important, and yes, I firmly believe that that's very, very important. But when I look at my life, and I look at what I have done with my finances, and my time, and my interest, and just the person that God has created me to be, when I look at how I have invested my life into things, I can see where the treasure really is. Not always what I say. It's what I used to say about, you know, we don't necessarily keep a church role here, but you may have participated in church that did, and I always used to say, and still do, people get confused. They think that the church role and the role that's called up yonder are one and the same, and it ain't necessarily so, right? We think just because we say something that it really is important to us. But I want to challenge you today to look at, you can say all you want, but when you look where your treasure is, that's what you know is important. That's what we know that we've invested in. So, thinking about all the stuff that Jesus said, how in the world, um, you know, how are the treasures, again, why, so, why such a big deal? How are the treasures connected to our heart? And I know you know this. And especially, um, it's easier to talk about it from an earthly perspective because of the negative things that we can uh, experience from those and it communicates. But with earthly treasures, you know. Now, uh, let me just back up and say this, okay? Things are not bad. Stuff's not bad. All material possessions are not necessarily bad. They're a lot of times they're pretty much kind of neutral and it depends on what you choose to do with them as to how, how they end up being good or bad. Material possessions can be used for heavenly things. They, it, we can't just throw that in mechanics. So I'm not saying oh, bad, all things are bad, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to show you scripture in a minute. If you haven't seen it, it's going to make you your toenails curl if you've never, if you've never read this scripture. Um, it did mine. That's why I had to cut them all off. I don't have any toenails now. Uh, but how, how are your treasures connected to your heart? Just, just for example, pick something that is a material possession. Again, it's neutral, but just say, um, okay, let's pick on me, okay? I have a boat. 
It's not a big bass boat, but it's a boat. Now, I have a boat. I go fishing on Lake Robinson with it, all right? Not anything necessarily wrong with that. How is that connected to my heart? Well, here's, here's how I think material possessions have a way of creeping in and grabbing a hold of us, all right? I've got the boat. The boat's good. I'm going to go fishing in it, okay? Uh, now, uh, something happened to the motor, and now, now I've got to get the motor fixed because I need the boat to go fishing because I'm going to take my boys fishing. And that's good family time. Father-son bonding time, which is all true. Now, I've got this boat, and I've got these fishing rods. And I don't have anything. I just have to throw my rods in the boat. I don't have anywhere to put them neatly. So I've got to go out, and I've got to buy this little nice little thing where you can snap them in down the side where they don't get all in the way, right? Okay, so now I'm, I'm, I've got the boat, and I've got this idea of something I need, so I get on the Internet. And I spend three hours looking at Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's and all these other places and eBay and all these places, and I'm searching because I'm th- I want to get a good deal because I want to be a good steward of my money, right? So I'm looking, and I'm so now I've got invested. I've got this boat, but now not only do I have the boat, but now I've got invested hours and hours of trying to, what kind of equipment do I need? When am I going to do that? And now I've got to put gas in the boat, and then I've got to have the right kind of oil to put in the gas to mix the boat. And again, not that any of that is wrong, but do you understand how that happens, right? One thing that we get in our mind is if I could just grab that material possession, man, that would be it. But it is never just it. It always is. There's always something else that needs to be added to it. You either have to put more money into it. You have to put more time into it. You have to put more thought into it. There's something about earthly treasures that require us to continue to feed it and give it more. And my boat's several years old now. And the motor is a 1985 motor. God, if I just had the new motor, I could really go fast. Right? You've been there and you've done that. I don't have the new motor. I'm not getting the new motor, okay? I just want to tell you that. If you see I have one, come and steal it from me and say, the Scripture was right. Right? You understand that, right? You have things. Earthly possessions, there's no end to it. You can't get the latest technology by the time you walk out the door with it. They're waiting to announce the new one before you get it home. You've got to upgrade. You've got to change. Here is the fix-all. Here you got this, and this will solve all your problems. This will make you the... How much time have you wasted on things that are supposed to help you with productivity? <laughs> right? I mean, I've tried to, and I'm still trying. I try to journal every now and then, but you know what I end up doing? So, well, I don't write because it's messy and I won't be able to read my own handwriting. Now I'm going to type it on my computer. Now I've got Evernote, which is awesome. If you don't have Evernote, I've been using that a lot. So now I'm going to create me a little folder that's called Journal, and I'm going to make me a daily entry, and I'm just going to type out my thoughts and stuff in Evernote. Well, what do you end up doing? I end up start typing, and then I start playing around with the settings and stuff. And I want to change the font, and I want to see if this will do different. And then i got to, oh, here's this other thing. And that's led me to a website that somebody else uses another product that they used to journal with. And before it's long, I haven't journaled. I've spent 20 minutes searching the Internet for a possible another way to do something that I know I'm not going to do anyway. 
I've proven it to myself. I'm not going to journal. I've started a thousand times. I've got three entries once a year for the past 20 years. <laughs> and they all start like this. Here's another shot at trying to journal. <laughs> you know how it is, right? Now listen, on the other side of things, earth, heavenly treasures are similar. They can require our time and our attention and our resources and our thoughts. But those things are an investment, not a waste. See, it's not a bad thing if I'm going to be spending time thinking about how I can get more money to give to somebody that I know is in need. That's not a problem. You, you saw today, maybe you can think, it's not a bad thing for you to be thinking about, okay, hey, I usually go to Starbucks and I spend $30 a week on a, on a cup of coffee at Starbucks and we buy Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks coffee at the house, which is such and such. What if I took that money and bought coffee from Land of a Thousand Hills? See, that is a productive thing and your possessions and your resources can be used to store up things of a heavenly nature. But here's the thing that I know and I thought, and it was just so funny, I thought, you know, well, here's a natural. You've probably already gone here in your mind. You thought, okay, I've got to start. i got to start figuring out how I can balance this out. You, listen, you're not going to balance it out. Have you, have you ever talked to anybody? Do you know of anybody who has ever said, you know what, I am way over my head being stored up in heavenly treasures. I need to balance this out with a few more earthly treasures. Right? It's always this way. I've never seen it the other way. And so that idea of if you've even thought, I need to find a way to balance this out, you're already kidding yourself into thinking that somehow you're going to balance it out. Uh, this verse is not on screen, but it's verse 24 of... Um, of the chapter 6 in Matthew, I don't, think, I don't think I gave it to them. And the reason I didn't is because I had about a million thoughts in my mind and I never could get it pinned down exactly. But verse 24 says this. This is the one to make your toenails curl. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And the word for money is mammon, which is... Wealth and property, basically, is what that means. And I think we can just plug in material possessions. We cannot serve. If, if, if you think you can balance that out, you're mistaken. The Bible says you can't balance that out. You're gonna, you are going to serve one or the other. And it's going to be determined as to where your treasures are. That's where your heart is going to be also. So we're hopeless. And I hope you figured out and... Band's going to come up now. Have a good day. Right? But listen, I don't want to make light of that scripture, though. Here's what we do. We read that and we say, yeah, that boy, that's strong. But, you know, I could never, gosh, I could never just, I could never just serve one. I mean, what do you want me to do? Just 
move up in the mountain somewhere and be a monk in the monastery and never associate with anybody, never have anything? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what God wants you to do. But I think we just discount it. We automatically say, there's no way I could do it. There's no way I could do it. But I want to tell you, if we are trying to balance it out, the earthly possessions are going to win every time. Because we view them as being valuable. We view them as being fun. We view them, view them as being enjoyable. And I think what we have to do is realize that, hey, I've got a problem. And I, obviously, I value earthly treasures. Or else I wouldn't be wanting to consume them. Somebody, I read something or saw something. Somebody said, our nation is a nation that is, we are consumed with consuming things. Everything, most things, everything that comes into us, we use it up. We consume it. Everything that comes in, we consume it. We buy groceries. We consume them, which is not a bad thing, right? We consume stuff. We, we get a paycheck. It comes in, we consume it. A lot of times, a lot of people's finances look like this. We consume it before the paycheck comes in. And we are so consumed with consuming stuff that we even save so that we can consume it later. I'm putting this up. I'm storing this up. Get my big nest egg all together because one day I can have this all for me. Now, again, you know, oh, you don't believe in retirement. You don't believe the Bible says what? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's our mentality. And we can explain it away and we can make all kinds of excuses. But I think it's kind of the way that we are. We just, we just, our mindset is that we consume stuff. It's for me. This is mine. It's all for me. And Jesus is talking about the difference between doing that in such a way that where we invest all that with things that don't matter and doing it with things that do matter. So here's a couple things I want you to think about and then I'm going to close up. How are your toenails? Good. <laughs> what do we do? So what? What do you want me to do? This is what I want you to do. If you've got a worship guide, get it out. You've got a pen. Maybe you have some kind of um, intellectual device. That's trying to, you know, smartphone, smart stuff, right? Get it out, write on it. Don't text anybody. Don't be playing angry birds. Get your, get your, this is what I want you to do. I want you to think. And I want you, I want you as I'm talking, and maybe as God has already even spoken to you, I want you to write down at least one thing that you think God wants you to do concerning what you've heard today now i could list some stuff but then you would say if i didn't name something that applied to you you would say well i guess i'm off the hook so i'm good with that one all right let god let you know what you need to do but i want you to write that down but here's some things that i think we have to do we have to go on a treasure hunt you want to go on a treasure hunt it's fun isn't it go on a treasure hunt look in your own life and it's not very difficult to do but if we go on a treasure hunt in our own life, then we can discover where our treasure is. And if you find your treasure, you found your heart. It's easy to do. The biggest place to start is with your finances, and that's what we've been talking about. 
Look at your finances. And we've, uh, again, the message that Cliff preached was awesome about tithing and offering and all that whole concept. And, we, and the Bible talks about 10% and all that. But listen, and I don't think we've said it, 10% is a place to start. God still expects us to be good stewards of the other 90. It's not like you can get to a 10% and give that somewhere in a church or whatever and then you can blow the rest of it and be completely irresponsible. That's still not biblical. We have to be responsible for the other 90 as well in how we use that and what we do that with. So evaluate your life. Look at your money. Where's it going? What are you investing your money in? If you looked at your checkbook... And you said, okay, if I use these two options, is my money being used to store up things of an earthly nature or is my money being used to store up things of a heavenly nature? Just look at it. It'll be easy, It'll be easy to see. Uh, do your finances reflect someone who is storing up earthly treasure or heavenly treasure? Uh, here's some other things to think about because I, th- I thought about it in my own life. You know, are you willing... To purchase something that is of a material nature at the drop of a hat. But somebody comes up to you and asks you to donate because they've got a cause of somebody who who needs something and they're poor and they need some help. And you pretend like you don't have any money to give. But just yesterday you was willing to drop 200, 400, 500 bucks on something that the moss and the rust are going to destroy and possibly somebody's going to come in and steal. That would be an indication of where your heart is. Um, we'll, finance, we'll finance houses. I'm there. You've probably been there. We'll finance a house for 30 years. You, you know what? You can finance a bass boat now for 10 years. Woo! I'm not doing it. But you can do it. And people do that. We'll finance a house. We'll finance uh, things like that. We'll finance um, ATVs. People will finance firearms. People will finance um, different things. And in furniture, we'll finance jewelry. And we'll do other things like that at the drop of a hat. But when somebody asks you if you'd like to go on a mission trip and it's going to cost $3,000, all of a sudden I just don't have any money. Would you ever take out a loan for $3,000 so that you could go to Haiti and help out in the orphanage that we're sponsoring? I don't think that you should. But we would never even think that, would we? But we'll do those other things a lot of times. So I'm not saying all material things are bad. I don't think Jesus is saying all material things are bad. Like I said, they can be used. uh, Material possessions can be used for heavenly good. We We can use those things in that way. But it's the idea that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And if our heart is with earthly treasures, it cannot be with heavenly treasures. Jesus says you're not going to serve both. It's going to be one or the other. You're not going to balance it out. It's, it's not going to happen. So, so here's, here's, um, here's kind of what I want you to think about. And you, Listen, money is just one, one thing. How about your time? Where are you investing your time? You can spend two hours on Pinterest. But you don't have time once a month to come and help do something here at the church. 
I can spend an hour and a half gawking at something online that has absolutely no value at all. But I can't be in a life group that meets once a week for a couple of hours with some other folks. I'm too busy. I don't have the time. See, and I'm telling you, I struggle with it. Because in my heart, what I think I would like to say, this is important and this is important and this is important. But then I look and I see what I do. And I say, well, I'm not sure that's all that important. Or I'd be doing it because of my scaled down version of what people believe and who people are. We will do exactly what we want to, won't we? So evaluate yourself. Take a look. And this isn't a doom and gloom, shame on you, you know. Uh, you're just assuming the worst of us. You don't think anybody here is invested in heavenly treasures. I, I'm not saying that, and I hope that you do. But like I said, I've never seen anybody who's had it on the, on the opposite. I've never seen anybody who had so many heavenly treasures they had to balance it out with earthly things. As humans, I think we just naturally fall that way. Earthly treasures is like a stray dog. You keep feeding it, and it's going to stay around and want more. Right? That's the way earthly treasures are. So how do we change and what do we do? You've already mentioned it. You know. It's not a matter of knowledge. We know what heavenly treasures are. And what Timothy said about doing good and being rich in good deeds and being generous and being willing to share. When is the last time that you saved instead of in order to consume, but you saved in order to give it away? When's the last time that's happened? We have to put our money where our mouth is. And we can talk all we want. But the Bible says where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. So how do we change? And here's, the one, here's the one thing I think that, that we can do as far as in a general way. You can write down specifics. We have to starve the earthly treasure appetite, and we have to feed the heavenly treasure appetite. There's no other way to do it. If you want to get over being greedy, you need to start giving some stuff away. If you want to get over being consumed with consuming, you need to starve that. You need to resist every time that new thing comes out. You've got to have it. You need to resist that. I need to upgrade. I need to change. I need a new one of these. I've got to have this. I deserve that. You've got to starve that desire. And you've got to feed the other one that says, what can I do to help somebody else? What can I do to make a difference in somebody else's life? How can I invest in the kingdom of God? How can I use my material possessions to invest in the kingdom of God? Do I have something else that I would, I just just need to give that to somebody else? I just need to give it to them. I need to get rid of it. Look in your closet. How much clothes do you have? I have got a closet that has Shirts in it from 1978. <laughs> I have gotten rid of them in the past. They accumulate, don't they? And I only wear, I've got this much, and I only wear this much. You don't see me in much, I mean, I've just got this stuff that I wear. And then there's this other stuff in case I need it one day. Right? God, go through that, get rid of that stuff. Feel the freedom of what it means to get untangled from some stuff. Just get rid of it. See what that feels like. 
What does God want you to do? What's the one thing that you think you can change? What's the one thing that you think God would do? What would your household look like if it was a household that was storing up heavenly treasures? What would this church look like if all of us were people who were storing up heavenly treasures? Cliff mentioned a couple of weeks ago, what would happen if everybody really tithed? I can tell you what would happen. There would be no need for a capital campaign to raise money to pay for a building or to do any ministry that we would ever want to do. Wouldn't need it. Wouldn't need to say, we need give. Come on, we've got to raise money for this. We need to have a fundraiser for that. If the churches in this community, if everybody who participated in those churches actually really tithed, there would be not a need in this community that would go un- unmet. Government agencies would start falling off left and right by the wayside because we would quit abdicating our responsibility to take care. I knew I was going to do that. And this is not because I'm mad at you. It's because I'm mad at me. Man, it could be different. We don't know what joy is. This earth has got nothing compared to what heavenly treasures hold for us. What's God want you to do? I don't know. And you may be right on target. And if you are, I want to talk to you because I need some pointers. This is what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to give you a chance to respond in whatever way that you think God wants you to. I'm not manipulating you in any way. You can walk out of here and say, he's an idiot. He has no idea what he's talking about. He's blah, 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 blah. He's just wanting us to give more money. Listen, we've told you, if you've been here, if this is your first time, hopefully you've already realized we don't want your money. And if you think we're misusing money and you say, well, I was going to tithe, but I'm not going to, but give it somewhere else. We don't want it. Give it somewhere else. But this is what I want you to think about. Just close your eyes. Just think about this. Listen to this scripture again. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Ask God to help you see where your treasure is. Ask God to help you get rid of the fallacy that the American dream is what it's all about. Ask God to help you see the joy and the true life that are in the things of God. God, I thank you for our lives. I thank you that uh, even in one of the scriptures that you read, you said that you give things to us for our enjoyment. It's not about not being happy. It's not about not having fun in this life. It's about us understanding where that really comes from. You want the best for us. That is obvious because you sent your Son for us. Help us not to get caught up in the culture that just bombards us with thinking if we just had a little bit more, 
we would be happier. If we could just get something else or something new, that that would make our joy complete, change our hearts, God, to desire you and to desire the things that really matter so that we can share those with other people who need to know that. And Lord, I pray for every single one of us that you help us to really know where to start. What's the one thing that we can do today that shows and proves that our treasure really is in heavenly things and it's not just something we like to talk about. And God, I thank you that your word is true and that all of the concepts and all of the teachings and all of the principles is not just something that's been said, but it's something that you have modeled to us and have proven to us that it's true. So take your word, put it in our hearts, help it to change our lives for us to understand the real joy of true life. Where our treasure is, there our heart is also. That's not something that we should feel sad about. That's something that we should rejoice about. Thank you for helping us to see that. Change us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.